Thank you. So um, <clears throat> today in the in the Christian church calendar, it's known as Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of what is known as uh, Passion Week or Holy Week. Um, the word passion uh, speaks of enduring suffering. So when we think about this week, um, so it's the it's the final week of Jesus' life on earth about his passion about him enduring suffering and so um i i just want us to think about that a bit today about enduring suffering thinking about jesus but also thinking about about us um and just to say i will send out links but this coming thursday it's known as maundy thursday or holy thursday uh, eight o'clock i'm going to be doing a, a zoom uh meeting for us where we can read the scriptures together uh, think pray and have communion together and also on friday morning instead of the normal bible study uh a good friday there will be a time for us to have communion read the scriptures share and pray together so um that'll be eight o'clock thursday 10 30 friday and i'll send round links um before that probably thursday so that we can uh, use this time to remember and think about and celebrate Jesus. So um, if you've got your Bibles, you might want to flip to some bits. I'm looking firstly at Mark chapter 10 and verse 33. So it, it says that Jesus took the 12, the 12 disciples to one side, and then he began to speak to them, telling them, what was going to happen to him and he says this mark 10 33 we are going to jerusalem he said and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law they will condemn him to death they will hand him over to the gentiles they will mock him and spit on him they will flog him. They will kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Jesus often referred to himself um, with that name, Son of Man, Son of Man. And um, it's, uh, it's, it basically means, Son of Man means son of man son of adam a human being you know a person but also it means something more than that and in daniel in chapter 7 of of daniel daniel is um he's having a vision and it says this in in my vision at night i looked and there before me was one like a son of man a human being coming with the clouds of heaven he approached the ancient of days the ancient of days is a name that and the a name of god that jews called god the ancient of days and was led into his presence he was given so the son of man was given authority glory and sovereign power all peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. 
His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So this son of man is a son of Adam, a human being, but he's also the king of an eternal kingdom. He's the Messiah, the anointed one of God. He is the judge that we've already heard about today. He is the judge and he is the king. Jesus is saying, I am the anointed one of God. I am God's special one. I am judge and king. And yet I am going to suffer. I'm going to endure suffering. They will condemn me to death. They will hand me over to the Romans. They will mock me. They will spit on me. They will flog me. They will kill me. But I will arise. If you turn uh, in, in Mark chapter 10, it says this about the Son of Man. Verse 45, Mark 10, 45. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for the ransom for many. Jesus, the Son of Man, a human, but the special one of God, came to make the payment price, the ransom, the payment price for the release of those who are in captivity. Jesus endured suffering because he wants to set people free. If you flick over to John's Gospel, chapter 8, Jesus said this, verse 34, John verse 34, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Pippa earlier on mentioned addiction and she said that, that addiction is the hardest thing. Well, we're all addicts. We are all addicts. Jesus said, whoever sins is a slave to sin. Whatever your sin is, whatever it is, we're addicted to sin. We can't help ourselves. We can't be free on our own. We all need help. It's not just people who we can point a finger up and say, oh, look at them, they're No, we all need the saviour to come and save us from our addiction to sin. Whatever that sin is, all who sin are slaves to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son. And Rob's told us uh, a bit about being a son, a chosen, loved, adopted son. A son belongs in the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus came to set us free so that we can have that life eternal, that living life, as Rob said, not just saved so we, we can say we're forgiven, but that we can live well. And I believe that God wants us to live well. And part of living well means learning to suffer well. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, Jesus said this, For the joy set before him, 
he endured the cross he disregarded the shame he scorned the shame that there was around the cross and dying on a cross he went through it he suffered because the joy set before him the joy of seeing people like you and me saved rescued healed delivered included in god's family being the being the, the son the daughter of the living god jesus sat down at the right hand of the throne of god in his death we can live with him and for him he's reconciled us to god he's done it fantastic news a new humanity a new family a new people so this is what jesus is about he's about his call and he's about his mission now today is is known as palm sunday so if you want to turn over to john's gospel john chapter 12 and we'll have a look at that so it says that uh, so john chapter 12 verse 12 the great crowd had come from the for the feast that's the feast of the passover they'd heard that jesus was on his way to jerusalem verse 13 they took palm branches and went out to meet him hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord blessed is the king of israel jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it as it is written do not be afraid o daughter of zion see your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt i just want to uh, say a few things about this and um just i'll just say a few things and then we'll move on but one the day that jesus entered into jerusalem was the lamb selection day if you go into exodus uh, chapter 12 it tells us um, about the first so if you want to read about it later it tells us about the, the first um passover and part of of that was they had to select a lamb on the 10th day of the month then they had to look after the lamb and then on the 14th day of the month they then had to slaughter the lamb jesus came in to jerusalem on lamb selection day not as um as a forced thing he came to willingly give himself to sacrifice his life as John the Baptist says, Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so the people there had their palm branches and the palm branches at the time symbolised victory and triumph. Here comes the coming king. But very quickly, uh, as you see through the week, it changes from palm branches into a crown of thorns. Uh, today is a day, Palm Sunday, a day of celebration. Wow, Jesus, you're amazing. But it turns to suffering quickly. They, the people shout out, Hosanna, Hosanna, which is now an expression of praise. But then it was, a, it was an expression of basically save us now, rescue us now, deliver us 
now come and in that context come and kick out the occupying force of the romans we want peace we want to be uh, delivered and and so many at that time would have been expecting uh, a king of old uh, uh, a military leader and um or a political leader to come and kick out um the enemy and so these um uh Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's, he's quoting Psalm 118, verse 25. In coming on the donkey, Jesus is fulfilling scripture that's been written about him. He didn't come on a war horse as a, as a king coming to take authority at that time. As you know, Re uh, Revelations 21 speaks about a time when Jesus will come uh, as a, a mighty warrior on a great horse and you can read about that but he came to bring peace jesus wasn't coming he had a bigger mission he wasn't coming to bring temporary peace for temporary times kick out the romans establish a new uh you know a new era it no he came to put people right with the god with the living god as we've talked about so not a temporary peace but a supernatural eternal peace with god with others and with ourselves because the cross of jesus our prince of peace brings a well-being a wholeness a completeness that no other peace can bring a repairing peace a no chaos peace and so um yeah there's this movement but it's moving to a time of um, of suffering. And it says this, do not be afraid. Don't fear the probably the most, um, you know, do not fear is probably the most said thing in the Bible, actually, like trust God. And so it says, do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. Zion often speaks of the land of Israel, of the city of Jerusalem. And they refer to Zion as like a holy place. Like, don't fear. The, the king is here. There is peace, but it's more than you can believe. And so Jesus knew that he was going to suffer. He was going to experience pain and he was going to be experiencing hardship. But he also knew he had been sent, that he was about his father's business that he was on a mission from God. And, and Jesus endured hardship well. He said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will be done, but your will be done. So I'm not, um, I'm going to just rattle out a load of questions, but it's not that I want you to answer them necessarily now, but just feel where you're at. So what are you like? What are you like when things get difficult in your life? Those times when things get really tough, when the season that you are in requires perseverance and determination and that don't give up and don't lose heart and, and don't give in spirit. What are you like? Are you that sort of person who says, right, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get this thing done. No matter how hard it is, no matter the sacrifice, no matter the cost, I will stick at it until it's done it matters it's important i love them i will remain 
I will be faithful. I will endure the suffering. Or are you more like this? Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to suffer for the cause. Just show me the easy way out and I'll go that way. I don't want to go through hard and difficult times. I don't want to have to press through and persevere. I don't want to have to stay with the problem a little bit longer. I just don't want to do it. I just want to have things that are easy. And if they're not easy, well, I just want to give up, rest, relax. Stuff the servant art. I'm going home. I've had enough. Maybe it's not quite as simple as being so polarised. Um, you know, maybe it's more complex for, for us. Like there are different times, different seasons, different situations, different people, different circumstances. And, and some things you feel like you're fighting for and you want to do it. And other things you feel like running away for, you know, just I don't want to be doing this. But but what I believe is this and what Mike was talking about, about Gates um, last week is that one attitude, one heart attitude is the gateway to life. And one heart attitude is the gateway to destruction. And I want us to be those that I encouraged. Paul asked the Lord several times to take away his thorn in the side. And God said to him this, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. When we're weak, when we come to the Lord, when we need help, his grace is there, his enablement, his empowerment, his quipping is there. We can get the grace of God to do the things that God is asking us to do and press on with. And so in our weakness, we can be strong. So the truth is, his grace is enough. His grace is sufficient. He, he can give us all that we want all that we need so our god as you read through scriptures is and as we look at the life of jesus is a god who suffers well he endures he presses on he perseveres jesus was about his father's business in the face of of difficulties so what about you what about me what about us what has god called us to do what does god want you to do now i know there's a general will of god that we find in scripture and we need to do that and we need to persevere in that but also what about specifically what has god said over you what has god called you to do at this time in this season or just you just know it may not have happened yet but you know that he's called you for something we need to be about our father's mission we need to be on a mission from god we need to be about our father's business and face trouble and hardships and suffering as we go jesus said in this world you will have many troubles but take heart i have overcome the world and so in 2 timothy it says about um, fighting um, like a good soldier of faith so what i want us to do now um, is look at the life of nehemiah okay and pull some things out of that. i feel that god's 
stirred up in me we won't have all the time to read it but read it for yourself go through it yourself if it speaks to you and i pray that it it will so nehemiah was in a place of captivity he was away from jerusalem he was the cup bearer to to the king and he'd heard chapter one tells us he'd heard some bad news about jerusalem he'd heard that the city walls had been broken down that the gates had been destroyed that there'd been a fire and there was destruction everywhere and it broke his heart he he wept and he prayed and he repented and and he was sad anyway he got called to go before the king as a cupbearer to give him some wine and the, and the, the king notices what's what's going on here this it says something along the lines of this must only be the sadness of heart and he speaks to nehemiah and basically nehemiah with the king can be open and honest and he says like can i basically can i go will you send me i've got to be about this business of rebuilding the wall of the city of jerusalem it's not good and basically gets favor from the king the king sends him doesn't just say go but he goes go and take all this stuff and take all these people he's really really blessed and then he and he goes to jerusalem and it says in chapter two that there were those that were disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. There were people there that were disturbed that God was raising up someone to care about this issue, to care about this situation. And so basically, um, Nehemiah wanted to build the walls up, repair the broken walls, restore the city and so that's what he did but you know during the course of the time of what he was doing he faced um so much stuff and there were two people particularly sam Balat and tobiah who seemed to feel like it was their mission on earth to come against all that nehemiah was trying to achieve um for for god for the work of god so Sambala and Tobiah, they were angry when they heard about the, the building wall. They, they were full of mockery and ridicule. They sowed seeds of doubt. And Nehemiah, how he handled it was by praying. You know, God turned their insults back on them. They've thrown insults in the face of the builders of the walls, you know, they were facing it. There was more anger. There was there was plotting against them to stir up trouble, to cause fights. But it says that Nehemiah, but we prayed to our God. We prayed to our God and we posted a God. The enemies, their enemies wanted to kill the people who were doing the work and destroy the work and put an end to it. And Nehemiah encouraged people and said, look, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. He will fight for us. And so they 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 worked together how they would work, how they would help, how they would gang together and support and help one another, but also how they would utterly rely on the Lord their God to fight their cause and their corner. They did their bit, but they relied on God. 
And not only did they have troubles and hardships coming their way through Sambala and Tobiah, but there was just stuff of life that was causing them hardships and problems as well. And one of the other things that Sambala and Tobiah wanted to or tried to do was call a meeting. Hey, Nehemiah, come and have a meeting. So, uh, and they even got a false prophet. So there was loads of stuff going against the work of God. What about you? What about what God has called you to do? Is there an enemy that's coming against you? I'm going to just read out a list of the things that happened to Nehemiah and the people as they were seeking to build the wall of Jerusalem. Where you're seeking to build the kingdom of God in, in your life, in your family, in your workplace, in your community. And do you notice any of these things? Intimidation coming against you, anger, mockery, ridicule, doubt, trouble, fighting, fear, distractions. Come over here, have a talk with me. Any of these things ring a bell? You can't do that. If you try that, it'll just fall apart. Who are you to have a go at it? I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to scare you with fear and anger. I'm going to mock you and ridicule you. You can be full of shame and embarrassment. That'll stop you being about the business of God. I'm going to sow seeds of doubt in your life. You're going to be so busy doubting yourself and doubting God and doubting everyone else. You're going to have no time to be about your father's business. I'm going to give you trouble that's that's tempting you to give up and grow weary and be faint. I'm going to distract you. Have you ever heard of a mobile phone? I'm going to distract you. Looking at that. There are schemes and plans of the enemy and they often come through other people, like in the situation for them, Sambala and Tobias. Tobias, sorry. Um, I just want to say other people are not our enemy. Our enemy is our enemy. We are in a spiritual battle. We do not fight as the world fights. We've got different sort of weapons to fight with. We don't come against these things in our own power and strength, but in the name of the Lord God Almighty. We need to fight the way he wants us to fight, not in earthly ways. We need to be those that press on, trust in God, get his grace, get his strength so that we endure the suffering and we keep on building and we keep on working and we don't give up. Like our, the goal isn't, just to have an effective thing and success. Our goal is to be faithful to what the Lord is telling us to do. It's faithfulness that he's after from us. We will have things that come to disturb our well-being, to disturb God's people, to disturb God's purpose, to disturb the, 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 um, the, the promises of God. But we need to stand firm Ephesians 6, in the power and in the strength of the Lord, stand firm, stand in the day of battle, stand when um, things come against us that are attacking us. So 
believe what God is saying. Believe what God wants you to do. But you're not on your own. Like Nehemiah, call your friends. Call up people. Stand with me. Pray with me. I'm having a tough time. I'm going through a difficult season. Season. I feel like giving up. The thoughts in my head are driving me crazy. I, I feel rubbish. I feel awful. Whatever it is, trust someone. Be honest with them. Be open with them so that we can stand together and see the deliverance of the Lord, that the Lord fights for us. Because it's not just about us. It's about God, his kingdom and his purposes being done. So that we are with Jesus saying, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. I will go through this, this season. See, often we see blessing as when everything is going easy and right for us. I must be blessed because it's going OK. But, you know, Jesus was blessed and all hell broke loose against him. Just because all hell is breaking loose against you, it doesn't mean that you are not in the blessing of God or in the pleasure of God or the smile of God is not upon you. He wants you to rally and to press on and move forward in this grace and strength he wants to give you. So don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't give in. Be about your father's business. And I, and I want to encourage us to use the tools. You know, I bang on about the five R's. Use those five R's. If you can't remember what they are, ask about them. Go on the website, uh, teaching, um, living free course. Refresh yourself. Five, five things that are really important. The five R's that are helpful. One, recognize what is going on. What is really going on here? Is this an attack of the devil? Uh, you know, what, what's going on? What are there? Are there truths that I've put to one side and embrace some lies to believe? What's going on? I need to recognize it. And then when we know our part in what's going on, we repent. Lord, I've been believing that I'm rubbish. I've been speaking over myself that I'm rubbish. I've been saying, I can't do this. I've been saying, I, I don't know why I, I bother. Whatever it is that is that a lie that is coming in. You know what? I am called by God. I'm chosen and highly favoured. I'm a mighty warrior. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Anything that is coming against that positive kingdom and we're full of negativeness, we need to recognise it. We need to repent of it where we've been agreeing with it and embracing it and living out of it. No, I don't, I'm not going to be doing it anymore like that. And as we re repent, we need to confess to one another and say it's good to get a friend, a trusted person and say, do you know what? Here's my stuff and then receive forgiveness. I can't I can't over exaggerate the need to take time to receive well the forgiveness of God. Just as Jody was saying about taking a year with a Bible passage of Romans 8. Well, if we don't take time to utterly receive by faith the forgiveness of God and live in it, it, we won't be free of the devil's foothold. It's only when we know that we are utterly forgiven and free, we receive it, that we can then uh, empower, rebuke the evil one from our lives. See, the wicked, evil, unclean spirits that are wanting to grab onto those negative thoughts and those lies that we believe. So we rebuke 
um, the evil in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There is no other name, no other power that can do it. We can't do it in our own strength, but in Jesus, our life is hidden in Christ. And so we need to fight the good fight of faith in Jesus name. Get away and then make sure the final I'll replace the lies that we've got hold of with truth of God's words and keep on doing it. What is God saying? What does God say about me? And they can be words of scripture. But what about words of prophecy that you've received? What about the things that other people who know and love you in the family of God speak over you and call out from you? Believe what they say. Believe by faith what God is speaking over you. Because the enemy will want to stop the work of God. So even as I'm saying all this, we can make it all about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the father's kingdom and his will being done on earth. That's what Jesus did. And he wants to lead us all in victory. He will rise. What about us? You know, we can stay in death and suffering and pain, but it's the rising up to live victoriously and well so that we are those who walk in the authority of God. It's a battle. It's a journey, but it's where God wants us to, to, to be. Thank you, David, for your chat. Have a look at David's chat. And so, people, this is we need to um, to press on. So in one Peter uh, chapter two, verse 20, 21, it says this to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. So he suffered. And when he suffered, when he endured suffering, he committed no sin. Do you know what? When we go through suffering, it is such a temptation to sin with our mouths, with our actions, to run away, to run forward. You know, it's a time Jesus committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he didn't make any threats. Instead, he entrusted himself who judges justly. We don't need to defend ourselves. We don't need to fight our corner. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are the meek. Strength under control, strength under authority. Submit yourself to God. And so we just got to go, do you know what? Other people might not understand me, might not get me, but Lord, you are my judge. And so I'm just going to crack on doing the things you've asked me to do. Obviously, in that, in terms of the community of saints, we want to we want to work through things together and agree with one another and support one another. And it's not um, uh, a license to be a maverick, but we do need to do what God is asking us to do. Otherwise, we will be robbed from the joy of doing the very thing we will be made to do. And then other people will be robbed from us taking our place, doing the stuff we were made to do, not for our glory. Jesus be glorified, but it, we all win. The kingdom of God comes. And so 
we need each other to play our part to not shrink back to not grow weary but everybody to use the gifts the abilities the the skills that they've got in submission to god so that uh, you know we bring the kingdom of god on earth and so we need to be those that endure suffering so i will end but a few more questions so just just like what has been coming against you what do you recognize what is coming against you to stop you doing the work god has for you and i want to say this that work isn't just something that we do um like i've got to go and build a fence or i've got to go and make a cake the work of god as well is prayer the work of god is worship the work of God is getting into the word. The work of God is sitting in silence. The work of God is doing spiritual disciplines. The work of God is sharing our faith and being a witness. And so, like, we just need, Father, what is it you want me to do? And get on doing it. Be on our mission with God. So stand firm, people of God. Press on. Don't stop. Don't give in. Ask God for help. Ask each other for help. Pray with me. Stand with me. God's grace enables me. Hallelujah. Amen.